Okay, good evening, Abayisai. Tonight's year is sponsored by Monty Berman and family. As Hashem, the schus of the learning should be a schus for his family and for his entire mishpach. Shalyomish, atayrim, ipiem, pizareim, ad oilam. The shir should also be a schus for shalema for Miriam Beil Bas Nacham Seishecha Yisrael. So we're in the middle of a story, and tonight we're going to have a very unusual episode, something that's going to take, and we're, we're, we're going to try to move a little bit quicker in the earlier psukim and try to get to one particular topic, which has uh, a lot to talk about. And we're in the middle of discussing, so Shaul is king, and we said Shaul has a small standing army of 3,000 men. The Pelishtim are still causing problems in Kali Yisrael. And Yenison ben Shaul decides to take it on himself, that he's going to uh, deal with the problem on his own. He's going to instigate a battle. The only way to get rid of the pollution is to revolt. He's going to instigate the revolt on his own without discussing with his father or anybody else by assassinating the local Polishti governor, which obviously is going to uh, begin a war. And he does that. And sure enough, the Polishti come with an overwhelming army. Now, at first, when Yenison assassinated the Pelishti governor, the Pasuk says, <coughs> the Kaisal came together for war, they're ready to fight, the Yishol had led them successfully in the campaign against Nachash, and they felt confident to an extent. But then when they saw the Pelishti came with this tremendous, they have thousands and thousands of, of chariots, which is the equivalent of tanks in those days, tanks before they came up with these uh, shoulder-held uh, anti-tank weapons to take care of tanks. This actually was dangerous back then, and they had all this cavalry, and Kali Yisrael was so petrified that basically people started running for the hills, literally, hiding out in caves, hiding out in the forests. Many Yidin ran across the Yardin. And Shaul is left with this dwindling army. And he has a problem. is that Shmuel Hanavi told him, when he was Mamlachim, that this is going to happen. And when you're waiting for me, that when this happens, you're going to wait for me seven days, and I'm going to come and bring the carbon. And Shaul's waiting one day after another. And you can imagine every day there's this tension, the edginess. They're getting ready for this big battle. And slowly but surely more and more people are slipping out. And the army camp is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And Shaul notices he's down, mamished a few hundred men. And he, he knows his last few people are going to abandon him. It's the seventh day. Shmuel hasn't shown up. Now this is an Nesayim. His Nesayim was that he has to realize if he's the Melech and he has the Dvar Hashem from Anavi, he has to listen to the Dvar Hashem no matter what. That makes no sense. In every possible logical Cheshbin, Shoal was right for what he did. But Lamaisa was an assign. Akopanam Shoal wasn't even an assign. He brought the Karbonis. Shmuel shows up right after that. Shmuel tells him very harshly that the Mulch is not going to stay by you, by your family, because of this. And Shoal now is off to war with 600 men against, you know, the, the, the Pelishti have, you know, have, have thousands just of chariots and thousands of horseback soldiers, and their infantry is so vast that the Pasuk says, can't even give a number to it. And he has 600 men to fight it, and he's just been told that he's, HaKadosh Baruch is angry at him. Now, facing all of this, you know, most people would, would just give up and go to bed. Shaul Melech, to his credit, and this is something you see, we'll see again more than one time, Shaul Melech is that he's Moise Nefesh for Klal Yisrael, in many different times, in a way that's it's, it's astounding, and this is the godless of Shaul Amalek. We can't forget. We're going to see over the next few prokim things that seem to be a lot of gnus, a lot of negative aspects of Shaul. And we have to remember we're talking about such a chash of a person. He was a person like we started last week, Ben Shana 
Shaul Bamolcha, he was a person like a one-year-old baby with no chatoam. We think about a, a, a person who's so great, we can't even imagine the greatness of Shaul HaMalach, and Kefi Madrigosai, Kodesh Baruch had some tainas on him, things that we can learn from, which is why they're written in the Navi, but it's only Kefi Madrigosai, and Chas Shalom to look down at Shaul HaMalach. I'll call upon him, what we're up to is, up to Pasuk Tezvav. So, Vayakim Shmuel, Vayalm and HaGilgal give us Binyam. Shmuel gets up and he leaves Gilgal, which is the gathering place, and Shaul was supposed to wait for him, and he didn't wait. And he goes to give us Binyam, and now Shaul comes, the Pasuk doesn't say it, Befeyush, the Farshim will say, Shaul comes along with him to his army, they're preparing for battle, and they head out to war. Vayifkid Shaul, Sa'am Hanim, Tzimimai, Kishay Shmeis Ish, 600 people. It's interesting, by the battle of Nochash Amoini, the Pasuk had to point out how he, how he counted them, he counted them with little bits of cheres, and again we'll have in the Battle of Amalek, where he has a tremendous army over here, apparently the small size of the army didn't make it very difficult to count, you know, to count people, it doesn't tell us how he counted them, but apparently he counted them, he had 600 people. It doesn't say anything, it says kishesh, it doesn't say an exact number. It was here. Estimation. Vishol benoi, so Shol, Yonason, the people together with Shol, Yoishim Begeva ben Yamin, who plished him Chanuba Michmash, and the plishtim were in the city nearby Michmash. So this we have one basically you have a valley between them, you have the plishtim in Michmash, one town across the valley, you have the town of Gevas ben Yamin, it's on a hilltop where Klaishel's camped out. And the Plishtim sent out a raiding party, three battalions. And second, so we have one of this raiding party split into three battalions. One battalion heads out towards Derech Afaral, Derech Shual. Another one, Yifne Derech Beis Chayroin. So you have these three different battalions of the raiding party. And this is one of them is headed towards where Shaul and his minute army of 600 people is camped. Now, just if you think that it's not bad enough that Kali Yisrael is in this situation, you have 600 people facing off against thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of soldiers, and they're in this situation where it's pretty much impossible for them to fight. It's even worse than that. The Pasuk now is going to fill us in that you don't even realize how bad it was. The Torah tells, the Pasuk tells us now that the Pelishtim had such complete dominance <coughs> over Eretz Yisrael that they had instituted an arms control treaty on Eretz Yisrael. The ancient version of the arms control treaty was that they did not allow blacksmiths in Eretz Yisrael. And this had happened for so long that it would seem, Mepharshim would bother. We know that Shmuel had thrown off the Pelishti yoke for a, short, a certain amount of time. So why didn't they regain blacksmiths? So some say that the Pelishtim had already reinstituted the controls. It could be that Kalei had somehow lost, you know, in that time period, there's no, you know, no apprentices and there's just no Jews who know how to be blacksmiths. So I'll call upon him. There wasn't a single blacksmith in the entire Eretz Yisrael, which meant the Jews didn't have swords, they didn't have spears, any metal weaponry they didn't have. It was so desperate how Mavuza Klal was that they had to actually go to the Pelishtim, any blacksmith needs that the Pelishtim let them have, you know, whatever the weapons inspectors let pass, they had to go to the Pelishtim. So the Pasuk tells us, There wasn't a blacksmith in all of Klal Yisrael. 
the Ivrim, which we mentioned last week, is a term which is used in Klai Yisrael in a very low madrega. Are they going to make a sword or a spear? Vayerdu Kol Yisrael haplishtim, and Klai Yisrael needed to go to the Polishti blacksmiths, Liltesh Issas Machrashti, to sharpen their, 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 their plows, or if they needed to Ves Esoi, it's his hoe, Ves Kardumoi, his shovel, and I might have said the wrong translation for the different tools, Ves Machreshe, but all the different their axes, the tools that the Polishim did allow them to have, whatever iron tools, they had to actually go to a Polishti to have it sharpened. And some of them didn't want to go to the Polishtim, so instead, they used to use a certain type of file to, you know, sort of scratch away and file and sharpen the plows, and this three-pronged pitchfork, and the axes, for all the different metal kalim. So basically, Klai Yisrael was in such a situation, they had no iron utensils, except for those that the Pelishtim allowed. And therefore, and it came the day of the war, Klai Yisrael is not armed with swords and spears. They're armed, what were they armed with? You know, bows and arrows, Rock clubs, sticks, whatever they had, but they didn't have proper metal armor. Except, all the people that were show, all the people who show in Yonison, who was the second in command, only show in Yonison that had, and Rashi tells us it was Aydenes, that even they, the, the Polishan had done such a good job in arms control, there wasn't a sword hidden anywhere. Klaiusol was totally without weapons, and because of this, they're, they're, so they're facing this massive army. They're so outnumbered, it's pretty much hopeless, and they don't even have weapons. It's a terrible situation. Now, why did Akkadish Baruch put them in this situation? So Rabag fills us in. Rabag tells us that there's a very specific point for all of this. The point was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to show that the beginning of the Malucha should take place in a situation where Klal Yisrael is going to have to face impossible odds and they're going to defeat the Pelishtim anyway. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to bring out the point that you're going into a new Tukufa, you have a king and you think like we saw the Musa of Shmuel Anavi, the king's going to protect you and your army and your intelligence, everything that goes along with having a king and HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to show them now. You're going to have zero, and you're going to win because HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided you should win, and that's the only reason you're going to win the battle. Oh. Now, what happens next is an unbelievable story. So, So we said the Pelishtim had sent out these raiding parties, and now a Pelishti battalion heads out towards the pass of Michmash to go directly towards where yet where Shaul and his soldiers are. So and it was that day, so the very same day, that, you know, there's a tremendous pacha. The Pulishtim attack, they're finished. They can't fight back. There's nothing for them to do at all. So that very day, Yenison decides he's going to try to take matters into his own hands to an extent. Again, now don't forget, Yenison got them into this position by assassinating the Pulishti governor. So Yenison Ben Shol, why we have to keep mentioning his Ben Shol? We already we got the memo. Yenison Shol's son. So the Mefarshim say we're trying to bring out the point that Ben Shol, that he was, first of all, he was he had the tzidkus and he had the schusim of Shol, and whatever we're going to see, the tremendous things Yenison achieves is really b'schus Shol Hamelach, and second of all, 
he was trusted and he was really considered a right hand of his father, even if he was doing these things that without his father's knowledge or permission, but it's all, go, he was a unit together with Shaul. So he tells his arms bear, this is something we'll come across a number of times in Tanakh, it seems in ancient times that various warriors used to have a young, a young warrior, and this was a chash of a position, who was their arms bearer, helped them in battle, carry some of their different weaponry, and eventually those people would rise up the ranks themselves. You know, so being, you know, you know, we can, we can, we can uh, imagine, you know, being the assistant to the general is a very good position. You know, people start off, a lot of congressmen started off as aides to, you know, congressmen. Those days, that was a way to get, so you're, you're an arms bearer to the prince, then that's, you know, uh, a chash of a position. But I'll call upon him, see, and, and we'll see, he's obviously a person of tremendous betech Bashem, because he's going to about to go along with a plan which is totally crazy. So, let's, let's cross the valley. Let's go to where this Pelishti battalion is. He didn't tell his father his plan. His father definitely would not have agreed to such a plan. So, Now, the Torah is going to set up the, the, the battlefield and the geographical situation. So Shoal is at one end of this valley. Tachas Harimoin underneath a pomegranate tree, Asher Bemigroin, city city. And he still has the same 600 people. No, the Pasadena don't think any reinforcements arrived. These same 600 people. Now, the Pasadena tells us something else interesting. Vachia ben Achitoiv, Achi Ikavi. Achia. The son of Achitav, the brother of Ikavid. Who was Ikavid? So if you remember when the Oram was taken and the news came to Pinchas' wife was in labor and she heard about the terrible news, the Oram was captured and her husband was dead. So she, she gave birth from the t- tremendous Tsar and she died in birth. And she named her son Ikavid. Well, Ikav, there's no Kavid in, uh, in Klaisel. The, 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 their Kavid is gone. Which, by the way, if you're ever wondering where the English name Ichabod Crane, E covered is in, in English is spelled I C H O V. That's where it comes from. They, they actually read the Bible back in those days. Okay, I don't know if they read it that carefully because you know I don't know if you want to name someone after that. You know, uh, E covered is not necessarily a name you really want to give someone, but I'll call upon him. Fine. So he was the Achi E covered Ben Pinchas Ben Eliak Koyin. So he was Achitev, who was the brother of E covered. He was the son of Achitav, he was the brother of Ikav ben Pinchas ben Eliak Koyin, who was the son of Eliak Koyin b'Shile. Eli had been the Koyin in Shile, it's no longer Shile, Shile had been destroyed. But this Koyin was Noise Eifei, he was wearing the Big Day Kuhn, he had the Eifei, which meant he had the Choshen. And he can ask, he can be Sheol b'Urm v'tumim. So, the Apostle is letting us know very interestingly, and it's going to come up again, probably not this week, but that they had the ability to be Sheol b'Akadosh Baruch with the Urm v'tumim. And, and Claudius had no idea the Yainasim went. So, a little bit before we get to the main show over here, we want to discuss, but just what, what happened? Did, did Yainasim go planning to fight on his own, you know, one man fight against, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands of soldiers? Was this something else? What was shot? So, there seems to be two different approaches in the Mepharshim. There's some that want to say that. Avada, the Mincha Kitana says this, he says that Yenison was deciding to try to, maybe HaKadosh Baruch will make a nace. He says, listen, anyway we're in a desperate situation, HaKadosh Baruch is going to make a nace for us. 
Might as well see, maybe Kosh Baruch will do it for me alone. I'll be Moise and Nefesh. I'm the one who got everyone in this position. I'm going to start dealing with it. He didn't tell his father, because his father would have said, you can't risk your life that way. He didn't tell his father. And uh, he didn't even ask the Urmatum. They had a way of asking Kosh Baruch if he'll be Matzliach, but he didn't ask the Urmatum. And I was thinking it could be that he Bidafka didn't want to ask the Urmatum, because to do such a Misa, a Yochid going to battle against hundreds of thousands of people, the only possible way to do it is with tremendous, tremendous bitachon. The minute he'll get it, the Dvar Hashem that you're going to win, could be then he won't have, that, that will take away from the bitachon. It had to be Mamish, the Messias Nefesh of, of, of not knowing. He knew he could die, and it doesn't matter, he's doing it with Shem Shemayim, that's what was, he didn't want to hear from that. I'll call upon him, he didn't, it wasn't Shail. So in the he was going to battle on his own, bitachon without telling his father. The Malbim understands the exact opposite. Malbim understands that there's no way he would have done this without alerting his father. And there's no way he would have done it without consulting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore the Pusik's bringing all this out to show you that, that Shaul was there, and Shaul had the Rambatumim, and Yenison didn't tell his father, it's all to show you. And there were so few reinforcements that Yenison never actually planned in going to battle. He went out for a scouting mission. And then what happened is that the Ruach, the Gevur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, was suddenly overcome with with this sense of gevura from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he realized it was a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's time to go to battle. So what happens? He's crossing, he crosses the valley. Now the Pasuk tells us a little more detail about the valley. I recently read, I don't remember, it was one of the Jewish papers, someone feels that based on various geographical claims, they found the exact spot, because there's a place that Mamish matches this description, or the other name, whether or not it's true, who knows. Ubein ha-ma'abrais asher bikeish yoinesin la'avar al-masav polishtim, shein sela me'ever mizeh, v'shein sela me'ever mizeh. So between, in this crossing point, between the two sides of the valley, the yoinesin wanted to cross to get to the polishti battalion, there was a shein sela me'ever mizeh, there was a large cliff on one side, v'shein ha-sela me'ever mizeh, and these cliffs were so large they had names. Or just some boulders. The only reason to tell us the names is so let us know how significant these formations were. So you have, you can imagine the scene. You know, this, you have a valley, steep valley, two cliffs, shoals over here, the tremendous push, the arm is here. Yerinison crawls through, comes, walks through the valley, and now he's facing, if he even wants to attack the Pelishtim, he has to somehow get up this steep cliff, which is a very, very bad way to attack. No, you don't want to be cl- climbing up a cliff and trying to attack something. It doesn't work well. Now, one was on the north, one was on the south, one was by Michmash, one was by Geva, the two towns where the Jews were, the Polishtim were, and you have these two cliffs, valley in between. Yenison tells his Naisikalim. Now he gives him a choice. And this is you see, it, it's a pellet to me. This Naisikalim, we don't even know who he was. He must have been such a chash of a person, because he's willing to go along with the plan. He tells him, let's go to the Polishti camp. And the Polishtim, interesting, are called Arelim. We'll go Arelim. But the Polishtim in a number of places we'll see in Tanakh are referred to as Arelim. And I saw, I think it was, it might have been in the Dasais, it might have been somewhere else, that the Polishtim specifically were called Arelim because the Polishtim had an Orlas Halev. Besides the physical Orla the Polishtim had, which uh, we know we're going to have Bez Hashem when David HaMelech uses Orlas Polishtim as a way of being the Kaddish's wife. Very interesting. Uh, Kedushin cut off Orlas Polishtim that he killed. But the Polishtim, besides for their physical Orla, 
also had an Arlis Halev, because we saw they saw tremendous Nisan. They just, the story with the Aron just happened not long before. They'd been beaten again by Shmuel Hanavi, and, and they still, they, they're just going back right at the same thing, attacking the Jews, they're just not getting the memo. So this is someone that's, that's the ultimate Arla Salev, right? We're going to, as soon as we rush Hashem, we want to call Hashem, we should take away the Lev Ha'evan and give us a Lev Basar, Maltimus Arla Salavchem. The Pulishtim had the ultimate Arla Salev. So they referred to as Arela. I think, I think we could call today's Palestinians, even if they might all be Gemalt because they're Arabs, they're also Arela, even if they're, even if they're Bnei Ketura. Uh, so. They were the only group in Tanakh that are called Arela? They specifically get treated, singled out to be called Arayim. I don't know if they're the only ones they get singled out. Oh. So he said, let's cross over to the camp of Arayim. Maybe Hashem will do a nace. Because at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kel Muhammad. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who fears battles. And it doesn't make a difference, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All your statistics and your weapons and your arms and your numbers. At the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to do it anyway. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's the difference if it's 600 against 100,000 or if it's one against, two against 100,000? The same thing. Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make an ace. Do whatever's in your heart. Malvin understands that he he sensed that 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 in in the lave of of Yainison that had become this tremendous ruach of gevura from Hashem, and he was inspired. He had this inspiration. So he said, "You got this inspiration." He said, "I don't have this inspiration. I don't feel. I'm not feeling it that we're going to battle and, and wiping out hundred thousand soldiers, me and you. But if you feel it, I'm willing to go with you and do whatever's in your heart." I'm going to be with you just like whatever's in your I'm going along with you. Fine. Okay. So far, so good. They're making a plan. They're going, two people are going to fight against this massive army. Now, here says, you know what? We're going to make a test. And this test is what I'd like to spend the rest of the year discussing because it's a very unusual test. Is there a difference in Yonis and Yehonis? Just a dictic thing? Just dictic. Uh, yeah. So it's the same name. We're going to cross the valley. We're going to, you know, they're probably creeping through the underbrush. You can imagine the bushes, you know, the camouflage. Yes, no, I don't know how they did it. They got, we're going to get to right the bottom of the cliff. They're not going to see us. Suddenly, we're going to reveal ourselves. And now, there's obviously at the top of the mount cliff, there's the Polishti sentry standing there. He's on the lookout. And suddenly, he's going to see two Jews. What's he going to say? What's the response? Of the Pulishti guard at the top. We'll reveal ourselves. If they're going to say, if they say, hey you, Jew, don't move. Until we reach you. We're not going to go up to fight them and we'll, we'll, we'll run away. Because that's Simon, we're not going to battle. But if they say, come up here. Va'alinu, then we'll go up because that will be a simon. Kinostam Hashem biadeinu. Hashem gave them over into our hands. V'zel onu ois, and this will be a sign. So they do it. Va'yigoyu shneim el matzav plishtim. They reveal themselves. Va'yemru plishtim. Hine ivrim yaitzim and achirim. They start laughing, making fun. Look, the Jews are coming out of the holes. Asher es chabushem, where they're hiding, they're coming out of the bunkers. Va'yanu anshe hamatzava es yainusin v'snaisa kelav and. They call out the Yenison and his nice Kalim. Hey, come up here, we're going to tell you something. 
come up after me. Hashem Hashem gave him over into our hands. Um, we'll stop here for this week in terms of Tzukim. We have a lot to discuss. And we'll see the, the story we'll see next week. But there's a, there's a fascinating question over here. The problem with this is, what happened? Beautiful, right? Yenison makes a nice sign. Yenison says, let's see what's going to happen. We're going to go out. If they say the right words, then we'll go to battle. If they don't, we won't go to battle. The problem is that, that we're all familiar with the passing of the Torah, Loisin Nachashu. It says in the Torah, it's an Iser the Iraisa to make a Nichash. What's a Nichash? A Nichash is you make a sign. You know, I'm going outside, and if the first car that drives by is a green car, then that means I should go to the city today. But the first car that drives by is a red car, then I'm not going to the city. That, that's also, it's an Iser the Iraisa. So, oh, the Gemara says, Kol nichash. You want to know what a nichash is? A nichash is only a nichash if it's like Eliezer Eved Avram and Yenison Ben Shol. These are the two examples of nichash. So this is this is mamish nichash. So so Bishlam Eliezer Eved Avram. So he was a goy, right? And even the others, they're 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 mekayim kol tarkula ad nitna. But we know that it was only minidvas libam. They were mechuyiv bedaver Solomon Hashem for a reason. We we. Eliezer Eved Avram, we can, and some of the truths we're going to see will answer for Eliezer Avram. But Yenison is, 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 is a tzaddik, he's a shame of the Hermitsus, Leysin Achashu. It's a very shaposik twice in the Varm and in and, 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 and Vayikra. You know, it's awesome. Oh. What's the show? Don't ask the room to remember because you don't want to know the answer. We make a oh. sign to know the answer. Oh, another good question. Oh. So, 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 what are some of the truths? So, Tysus and Chulin. Naftali K asked the Kasha. And Taisa says that the Chulun is the Gemara where the Gemara discusses Nichash. And in the Gemara of Nichash, the Gemara says that Nichash is when it's like Shol and Yenison. And Taisa says, well, how could Yenison do it? So Taisa says, because Yenison was not really making a test. Yenison was going up anyway. But he wanted to assuage the, 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 the concerns of his Naisakalim. So he made the simon. For the nice Kalim. He was confident the way it would come out anyway, and he knew it was going up because he felt in his heart. And, and uh, Taisa doesn't necessarily put these two things together, but like, like the, the Malbim says, he felt in his heart this Ruchi Vurakalish it didn't come from nowhere. He knew him in a Shemayim that he is headed out to battle, Akalish Baruch is going to help him. But he knew that nice Kalim was nervous, so he made this simon, and he knew that that would be. The nice Kalim would uh, that that the nice Kalim would calm down when he would see that the simon came true, and that would give him the extra boost of courage to go and fight along with Yainus in this, this impossible battle. That's the Taisa says. The Ran says the Teretz that the Isser of Nichush is if you say something like my example. You say, I, and I'm trying to figure out if I should go to the city today. I'm going to go outside. If the first thing that drives by is a car, then I'm going to go to the city. If the first thing that drives by is an SUV. I'm not. There's no chesh, there's no pshat, it makes no sense. So that's nichesh, that's derech kishef, it makes, why are you doing that? But if, what do he do? There's a chesh to what he's doing. It's like, the polishtim, really, they should have just attacked right away. And they're sitting there, they're at the top of the mountain, and they're not attacking. It shows that maybe the polishtim are not so confident. Despite their numbers, maybe they're worried about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever it is, they're not so confident. Now, he says, I'm going to appear. If the politicians are confident, they control this place, they have it in the bag, they'll say, you stay there, we're coming to you. But if they're nervous, they don't want to leave the security of their spot, they're going to stay up there. 
He said, if they're too nervous to come down to me, that means that the Pelishtim, with all their, their uh, bravado, they're scared, and we'll give one good attack, and we can get this thing. Obviously, he needs HaKadosh Baruch help, but there was a chesh, it was a logical chesh. And the same terrors could go for Eliezer of Avram. They want to see that she's a balas chesed. So that's a nichush that's done with a chesh when the Ran says his mother. Sometimes we do it. Kin dastan Hashem it shows that Hashem gave them. Right, it means that the Baruch Hu put this year in their hearts. Where is it coming from? It was a, it's a, it's a physical simon that makes sense. The Malbum says that it wasn't really a simon. He says that because the, the, the Polishim could have said a million other things. It didn't have to be this. It, was not, it wasn't a nichush, it's either this or that. It's not like flipping a coin. This was a specific simon that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu will send them this and Nichash is, you know, I can either go this way, that way, and I'll, based on that, I'll make my decision. Over here, he said, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us this special simon, I'll know that we should go to battle. So it was not a regular standard Nichash, this is something different. That's not how he answered up with the Gemara in Chulun, doesn't necessarily stim so well. But okay, that's the Malbim's shadow, the shadow over here. Go through a few other interesting Tzim, and then we have time left to go through the, the, the Radak over here, which is the most fascinating. And really, it's Kedai to read this Radak on your own. But the the Gur Aryeh from Maral. Flipping, flipping a coin is an Israel Nichash to Ariza? So let's, let's discuss it when we're done. Okay. So the Gur Aryeh from Maral says, first he rather also says the Ran's Teretz. Then he says another interesting Teretz. He says that over here they had a special hatter. It was a Tzarech Mitzvah. He had to save Kal Yisrael. So a so Tzarech Mitzvah, he was allowed to use Nichash. It was Taka also, but he was allowed to do it. Now, the question is why should it work? Uh, so leaves what to answer. The the Levush Ha'ira, which is from the Levush, the Levush answers that Be'etzim Nichash is Aser, because what happens is you're in a situation where it's still, it's still up, there's still Bechira, different things could happen, and you're going to say that based on what happens with I, with this random Nichash, that's going to determine what's going to happen in the future. That's wrong, that's Aser. Who knows what's going to happen? There's Bechira, there's so many things that can change. He says, if you have something that's already predetermined in Menashemayim, then you're allowed to use a nichash, because you're just trying to figure out what was already nigzah in Menashemayim. So he says, Shaduchim, like Eliezer out of Ram, it's already nigzah in Menashemayim, Shaduchim Menashemayim. And a battle, he says, if this magnitude is definitely nigzah in Menashemayim, that's the Lavush answers. The Lev Arya says. How do you draw the line? Big things are nigzah. It has to be something that's clearly Menashemayim. The Lev Arya says that the nichash that's Osir is. To try to figure out what my mazel is and what my luck and things like that—that's that, awesome. You know, you're doing it in a superstitious manner. But if you're doing it derech tefillah, which he did, he says kinosim Hashem biyadenu. So he was trying to do. It was, he says it was done as a tefillah. It wasn't so much done. It was just Hashem, show me a simon that you agree with my battle. It wasn't done trying to figure out what the superstitious luck would be. So these are all some of the truthsum. Really, it's a little bit late, but just a little bit of the redak. The redak is fascinating. The Radak says that this type of nichush is mutter. He says the Gemara says that kol nichush, that it's not like the nichush of Yenison and Eliezer Ever Avram, doesn't mean to say any nichush that's not like their nichush is mutter, those nichushes are awesome. The Gemara says, it's, the Lashon Gemara is any nichush. The Gemara says that it's not a valid nichush. It won't work. And it's awesome. If you make a simon, he says, the two types of nichash. You make a nichash that you make a simon in advance. If such and such happens, I'm about to embark in a new, in a new endeavor. 
my first call I make and I make a sale, that will be a sign I'm going to go forward. If not, I'm not. He says, that nichesh is mutter. You set yourself up a simen, min hashemayim, that's mutter. He says, what's usher is without setting it up in advance to read up into things that happen. You know, I, I start off on my new job and on my way to work, I didn't say in advance anything. On the way to work, I tripped on, 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 on a rock and I skinned my knee and I said, oh, min hashemayim, this just job's not going to work. So that's leis nachachu. To read into events that occur naturally, that's isa nichesh. He says, if you want to set up a test, Sardak says, that's mutter. And then he continues, and it's he says, sometimes if in the beginning of, of something happening, you see a few things aren't working out, even if you didn't set it up in advance, maybe there is something to it, it means it's not going to work out. If you have time, I highly recommend reading this Radak, we're out of time, but the Radak very, very interestingly understands, unlike everyone else, that this type of nichesh is works and is mutter, and it's the nichesh when you try to take random events that occur to you without any, you know, setting up a test in advance, that's when the isr voice and Okay, shkerech.